Happy Friday, February 24th. We're in Mark chapter 11. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And I'll just get right away uh, reading in the verses. So it's Mark chapter 11. In verse 1, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Interesting at Bethany. I mean, there's a couple of locations where we've speculated where it is, but there's been some recent archaeology there where they think they're starting to settle in now on where Bethany is. I just thought I'd throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, that's cool. Because I know you love, you know, you love archaeology, you love uh, the Holy Land. Kind of yeah. Verse 2, go into that village over there, he told them, and as soon as you enter it, if you, you will see a colt tied up that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The disciples left. And the, the use of the word Lord, even Jesus says, you say the Lord. Was, because what he says here, the kurios with the definite article in the Greek, that's how the Jews uh, spoke of Yahweh. Because in the Old Testament, they would never say Yahweh's name. And so when it, that's why in our, in our Bibles, it says the Lord wherever we have Yahweh. Jesus is using the Greek language here in the way that they used Yahweh, and that's why we have it capitalized here. The Lord, Lord is capitalized here. So you tell them the Lord needs it, and we'll return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside a house, and they were untying it. Some bystanders demanded, what are you doing, untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it, just as Jesus had said. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. You know, it's kind of cool. Throughout history, when a king would come into a town on a colt, it meant peace. Mm-hmm. On a horse, it meant war. Mm-hmm. And so you have Jesus coming into Jerusalem in a peaceful way. Offering peace. As a king. Yeah. And, and he is. I, I do believe that you know, my theology is dispensational. <laughs> um, but I, I do believe that Jesus was actually offering the kingdom at this point, knowing that they would refuse But this was the offer of him to be their king, to be their Messiah, for them to accept him as Messiah, knowing full well that by the end of the week they would reject him. But the initial response is that they they start honoring him as this king. Mm -hmm. So they brought the, the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of Jesus. That that's how you would welcome a king into the city. And others cut leafy branches in the fields and spread them along the way. Now, we know what's going to happen at that by the end of this week, that there will be crowds of people that are going to shout crucify him. And I think it's been mistaught by a lot of preachers by saying, well, the same crowd that was honoring him as a king then demanded that he be crucified. I don't think, you got to remember, there, there's like a million people in Jerusalem at this point because of the Passover. The place was slam-packed with people. And you're not necessarily talking about the same crowds. And I don't think we are talking about the same crowds mm-hmm. because that's why there was just radical conversions that took place so quickly after Jesus's resurrection on Pentecost, because a lot of these people were very genuine in wanting him, believing in him as the Messiah. Verse nine, he was at the center of the procession and the crowds all around him were shouting, praise God, bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Bless the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. He looked around carefully at everything. And then he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he went to Bethany with the 12 disciples. And what we're about to see is Jesus looking around the temple. It, it ticks him off pretty good. Yeah. But he's, he's not going to go off now. He's uh, holding on to that. He's bridling his anger, and we'll use it tomorrow. I actually love that in a sermon, the way you pictured this, because you talked about Jesus coming and looking around, 
late in the afternoon. The day's about done, but he sees things that are just make, upsetting him for good yeah. reason. Yeah. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus felt hungry. He noticed a fig tree a little way off that was in full leaf, so he went over to see if he could find any figs on it. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the... T- now, why, why is that there? I mean, it's like this little random statement that Jesus said, may no one ever eat of your... Is it Jesus yeah, just right. losing his temper, getting mad, yeah, right. being annoyed? Does he need a Snickers bar? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Are you hungry? What's, what's going on? But he gets to that a little bit later on, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah, it Am does. I right? And there's a reason for him, his making that statement within yeah. earshot of the disciples, because this is a lesson. That's, yeah. that's what we understand. Everything Jesus did, it went back to this lesson. Yeah, but he hits it later on. So we'll save it for later on. So you want to pick up in verse 15? Yeah, it says, When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the temples on the, on, of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you've turned it into a den of thieves. Now, there's some real significance in that scripture that he quotes. Yeah. Why for all nations? Yeah. And, and it, it sounds like, or it looks like, commentators believe that a lot of this selling was going on in the court of the Gentiles, not allowing Gentiles to worship as well or mm-hmm. keeping the Gentiles out. There was just more selling going it, on with the Gentiles. Essentially crowding them out during yeah. this biggest feast of the year yeah. when Gentiles who may not yet have been converted, they would at least approach the temple, go to the court they were allowed in because they were curious. They yeah. wanted to see, what is this all about? Yeah. And this isn't so much a conversation about Jew and Gentile. It, it shows more of God's heart for those outside. Mm-hmm. That God, God wants people outside to come into the church. So we should be removing every barrier that we can without going against scripture so people can come into the presence of and God. And those of you that are listening that are part of the bridge, you know that. I mean, we, we do our absolute best to remove any barrier. We don't use Christianese. We, we don't have insider lingo that we welcome unchurched people. We recognize that this in many ways can be a place of examining what is it that Christians genuinely believe and we want them to be here and to be able to understand what we're doing, what we're teaching. Yeah, today it wouldn't be the selling of doves. It might be clicks that are mm-hmm. key people out. This is what would anger Jesus. Or dressing a certain way, right. even talking a certain way. Yep. Verse 18, when the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it withered from the roots. Peter remembered what Jesus said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you curse has withered and died. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, maybe lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that, and if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But when you are praying, First, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. There's a lot there, Dad. Yeah, there is. And, and I always fear that whenever we look at these prayer passages that people, uh, that people will 
have false hope that they'll get whatever they ask yeah, for. Kind of like that name it, claim it. If you just kind of name it, you get to claim it type of prayer. Yeah, bear in mind when Jesus said that if you have enough faith, you can remove a mountain, but nobody has ever done that. Yeah. Nobody has ever literally moved a mountain. Right. So again, Jesus, as he often did, speaking figuratively, he also, again, uses that word that we talked about yesterday, that prasukamai, the word for prayer, which means to exchange your wishes for God's wishes. And that's where the power of prayer comes in. Yeah. Verse 27, again, they entered Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests and teachers of religious law and the elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven? Or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over amongst themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will say, then why didn't you believe John? But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they were trying to, you know, of course they were trying to catch Jesus into something that, would lead crowds against him and Jesus just turns it around back on themselves and they're unable they don't they don't want to answer the question he gives and so it, it pretty much shuts down the discussion. Yeah. Well listen, we're going to get back to Proverbs now and, and take a look at that, but in the meantime, uh, today's Friday, tomorrow's Saturday, next day's Sunday, we want you to read chapter 12 tomorrow on Saturday and then chapter 13 on Sunday and then on Monday we're going to be picking it up in chapter 14. But yeah. in the meantime, let's uh, head back over to Proverbs and it's Proverbs 24. And we want to look at the very first verse. Yeah, I love this verse. It's, uh, well, <laughs> I love all these verses, but yeah. um, it says, don't envy evil people. Don't desire their company. Yeah. Because we tend to. Oh, man. It's, I mean, it's all over social media, right? It's why it's why all the celebs have, I, I'm not calling every celeb evil, but there's just a, an infatuation. Yeah, one that's not. But. Right. There's an infatuation <laughs> with the entertainers today. We envy them. We envy their lifestyles. And those who can get close, we, we, we look up to them. Yeah. We desire their company. And, and he just says, that's, that's foolishness. Don't do that. And then he says, verse two, for they spend their days plotting violence and their words are always stirring up trouble. You're envying, you're, you're, going, you're trying to become the wrong person when, you're, when you wish you had what other people had. Well, hey, have a great weekend. As we said earlier, make sure you're in scripture this weekend. But also make sure you go to church. Be there right. Be there Saturday night or Sunday morning. Yep. We'll see you on Monday. Yeah.